Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome back to another video, everyone. We're here for the edge mid-range. I was going to do the edge and the halves together, but there's a lot of guys I want to talk about in this edge position, uh, so it'd be better to separate a couple of shorter videos. But to start off with, we have Jordan Ricky. I just want to speak about him a little bit. I definitely think there's some upside. Obviously, you know, someone that's only played you know, one full season um, and a couple of games at the back end of 2020, uh, just for some shorter minutes off the interchange and that one 80-minute roll. But... Yeah, he's someone that we all started with at the beginning of last year. Started really, really slow with 10 missed tackles and then had an awesome game uh, with a big line break and, and plenty of tackle busts there and, and had sort of a solid season, let's say, up, up and down, what you'd expect for an edge back rower in a pretty average side. But coming towards the back end of the year is what we want to talk about, especially is, you know, his couple of big games. He obviously had three tries to round out the end of the year there. Um, and a couple of big scores. And even a 59 in a full 80-minute effort with no tries was really, really cool. I think his tackling efficiency improved a fair bit. Even, you know, he was making more tackles for one. But obviously, you know, a couple of games there, 46 tackles for zero misses. 48 for three, we're pretty happy with. 38 for two um, at the end there, and 29 um, for one miss. You know, obviously two games there with five misses. But for him, there's obviously going to be some natural upside. He's a really, really talented player. The price of 46 is my worry. You know, if he was priced somewhere around the 38 mark, I'd say that we'd probably be able to get some value out of him. And, you know, you pick him up under under 500K. But just at this point in time, I think there's a little bit of a, a risk picking him up. Uh, you know, he's going to be playing next to Reynolds, which is pretty cool. But just the volatility, you know, is tough. He could have a, couple, a bunch of games of 30, and then you're probably going to trade him out anyway, you know, if, if, he, if he starts slow. Or you could get lucky and he starts with a few 70s, but then, you know, comes back to the pack anyway. So that's what I'd think about with, with Jordan. But if he happens to improve as a player, which we'll have a look at in the trials and, and stuff like that as well, uh, and obviously over the first few games, but I don't think you need to start with him. You can pick him up later if he does really well. So that's that for uh, Jordan there. We go to Britain Nakora next, and he's someone that had a really, really good All-Stars game, right? He's someone that's always been a pretty solid scorer. My worry with him is that I'm not really seeing him as becoming a long-term keeper. When he burst on the scene a bunch of years ago, what, 2018 maybe? 19. 
Um, you know, playing in the second row as a starter, playing 80 minutes was was exactly what we needed as a guy, you know, that we could pick up in the centres. So you can see it had a bunch of really good games. A few with tries, you know, 50s, 60s were pretty common at the start before he went back to sort of that 30 to 40 mark, you know, with the odd big game, right? So he's got this random 60 and 70 when he scores tries. Since that time, his try scoring has slowed down a little bit for sure, but you have a look at the majority of his games here, and we have a few around the 50 mark, 170 in there, and a bunch of you know sort of mid 40s, the odd 20 minute game, um, obviously of the interchange, 16 in 54 minutes, 29 in 73 minutes. So he has that ability to have a lower game. You see a 38 there um, as well. So for him to be priced at 44, you'd want to be picking up as a keeper, right? Anything below an average of 50 is going to be seen as sort of a wasted pick when you could pick someone else that would, would be around that price. Not that there's many in that 500-ish K mark that can get to a keeper, but you'd like him to at least show some value. And he's someone that does make some tackle breaks as well, right? So we're going to lose a little bit from that and not make too much up in the offloads department. So for him, I can see him averaging somewhere in the mid-40s again. He's going to have those games that he did in the All-Stars where he's going to make 35 tackles, run 150 metres, score a try, and then he's going to have games where he gets 25 tackles, a bunch of misses, and also runs for like 80 metres and no tries and picks up that 30-odd, which ruins that um, that average there. So that's my thoughts on Britain. Solid player, could improve as a player in a better you know, a better side, having um, having Nico on, on his right side there might help him, but we'll have to find out um, how that looks in, the, in the, their um, second trial, I think, when they're all going to play. But we'll move to Satili Tupanua. At 535k, he's a really solid player, and in a rooster side, that's going to be pretty good. I don't see his um, I don't see his try scoring ability dropping by any by any way, shape, or form. At price of 43, with 5.7 percent of percent of owners, I actually understand this pick for sure. If you look at the the beginning of his year, you look at a bunch of really good scores. Obviously, two tries at the start to go with a you know mid 30s tackles and close to 100 meters gained. And was really solid through the middle part. Obviously, another couple of tries. Had a few games where he um, uh, had. A, I remember he had a head injury in one of them, um, and yeah, then came off the interchange in that in that next round, and then sort of slowly built back to that close to eighty minutes. But if you look at his back end of the season, the last five to six games here, he had you know played a game in center, then moved back to the second round, had some low ones. So very interesting with him. A few games with big missed tackles, which he you know can can do. But if you look at the start of the season. He's looking at that two to three. If we can get him somewhere around that two, three, four missed tackle mark, then I can see him having some value priced to that 43. You know, with Kiri on his inside, I can see him getting the, get, at least getting the tries that he was getting last year. And if he continue with that 80-minute roll in a good side, um, you know, having good defenders around him as well, hopefully a few less missed tackles. So there's definitely some upside for him. He's a pretty young guy. Um, so yeah, I can definitely see him possibly becoming a keeper. But again, it's... Yeah, a question mark. So if you if you are picking him up, he's a little bit of a pod at six percent, um, but you're banking on him becoming a keeper in that edge spot. So keep that in mind for him. All right, Luki Garner, someone I'm not as high on, just mainly for the fact that Tigers scare me. You can see when he gets some time on the park, he's obviously a pretty solid scorer, right? Um, and he had a good year when we first came onto the scene in 2018, 2019, when we really all picked him up. He was getting some good scores in 80-minute rolls, getting the odd try as well. You can see the back end of 2019, four tries in a row to get a couple of 70s and a couple of good 40s. So it was a nice cash cow that year for sure. But even you know, previous years, we'll look at 2020, for example, a bunch of good scores, you know, 50, 60, 70, mixed in with some low 40s and mid 30s, right? 
there's something to think about. And last year, spent a little bit of time in the interchange, but you know, still very close to an 80-minute roll or a 70-minute roll in majority of games. But you're looking at too many 30s and, uh, and low 40s in amongst the try-scoring games when he gets to 60 or 70. So that's why he's priced around that 40 mark, is just for that reason, and, and owned by 0.4%. It makes sense at this stage. I just don't see the upside for Lukey um, this early in the season. You know, if he, if he happens to come off the bench or lose some price and he gets down to about a 400k mark and then moves back into the starting side, then he could be someone to look at picking up in your side. All right, Jaden Sewer is an interesting one. He moves over to the, um, to the Dragons and he just never has had that, you know, he just never really has the big games to bump up the average. If you look at some of his scores there, you're not looking at many here above the 50 mark, right? A lot of games in the 40s. He has a 59 last year. And then right at the back end of the year, he had a double uh, for 84 and a, a single try for 54. So he, he, his main issue is his, uh, is his tackling in terms of he only gets between that 25 um, to 35 would be his max. Yeah, you've got a couple of 36s in there. Um, and meters gain, you're never getting much over 120, 130 with a bunch of lower gains where he kind of not goes missing, but he just doesn't get the ball. So does that change in a newer team? I wouldn't be taking the punt. They have a lot of middle forwards, a lot of edge forwards as well. In that side, will he be getting 80 minutes? I don't even think he does. So that's something that's um, a little bit of an issue to think about for Sua. So I'm just going to pass on him for this stage of the season. So Kegwell, 511K. So the price is not too bad, right? We get some small upside out of him. I think with him being priced around that, uh, around the 40 mark, 41 there, I see them having a chance of averaging 50, but you know he's only getting that extra 10 to 15 minutes. If you look at the majority of his games uh, when he is playing in the second row, they're, they're, they're pretty close to that 70 average. Um, he'll have a couple of lower ones, but overall, you know, in a couple of 80s, so overall it's about that 65 to 68 minutes there. Uh, on an edge, he had a couple of center games, which bumps up his average minutes as well. But if you're looking solely at those edge minutes, then there's probably 10 to 15 minutes available for him. I'd imagine he's going to get that 80 on an edge and be one of their most important forwards for sure. But he's very volatile, right? He's going to lose a few for tackle breaks um, and he's going to have to keep scoring the tries that he did to to keep that nice average. So for me, he's a little bit of a touch and go pickup. I can see him being solid and, and getting closer to that 50 price. I don't see him as being a, a, a top line keeper unless he plays a different role in the Broncos side. So I think it's going to be important to see what he does in the trials. Does he get involved a little bit more in the tackling side of things? Because you look at his scoring, it's very up and down. Like he's got you know games there where he scores tries and gets that mid-60s, 50, 70, you can see there. But he's on a 70-minute game for 32, 64 with a try, uh, which is 33 points there. Uh, a few good games is sprinkled in with some, uh, we look to a couple more of his 80-minute rolls. Again, a try for 54, 37 in a 70-minute effort, uh, moving on to a nice good one, you know, 60, a 62, which included a couple of offloads, a couple of tackle breaks. Um, but you've got 42 in there, 43, a 20 in centre, 34 in the second row. So it's just a bit up and down. For me, if he can keep his missed tackles low, then he's going to be great. But how does, can you see that changing in a side that isn't as good? Unless they have a different strategy at the Panthers where he comes out of the line a little bit more and you get those ones where you're just you know, copying him, you're copying it in the arm um, and just getting those lazy missed tackles. I'm not sure. He's very obviously aggressive um, on offense and defense. So does that change? I'm not exactly sure. And that's something we all need to think about with someone like Capewell is will he be able to keep the tries up because he has a fair few? I think he probably can. If he's going to be playing uh, on the right side, which is a decent chance with... Um, 
with Reynolds or is Ricky going to play on that right? You know, if he plays on the left, does he get the, the good ball that he needs from someone like um, Albert Kelly or Gamble or whoever's going to be on that left-hand side? To own by 10% of teams, if you are going to pick him up, you're not going to be completely out on your own in terms of if he doesn't hit the heights, like you, you're not going to lose out exactly. If you don't pick him up, I don't think you're going to miss out either. So it's definitely a touch-and-go pick for me, but uh, yeah, up to you. If you like him and you think he's going to be better... Um, in terms of his base stats in the Broncos, then could be an interesting one, interesting pickup for sure. We move to Liam Martin, and I just I don't think he's as good an option as Capewell at this stage. Being priced at forty with a thirty nine average, you look at a lot of his games, and he just his PPM's not high enough at point six, right? You know, it doesn't change too much with the minutes he gets, right? So he has a few like look at twenty six in fifty two minutes. So some of those games he's still getting big minutes, twenty seven and fifty one. And the PPM stays low. He moves to a bigger role. Yes, if he scores a try, he's going to do well. But we exclude those games. And he's got a 41 in 75 minutes. So will he be able to get that many minutes? I think he should be able to. I don't see an issue with that. We've got a 30 in 80 minutes. You know, he's looking at you know six tackle breaks and eight missed tackles. Right? It's just, it's just too many on the missed tackle side, for example. He's always getting two to four each game. A couple of random ones. Um, I just don't see the the opportunity for him to gain a lot of value, right? I think you'll, you'll at least get a 40 from him. He might get a 44, right? He's got a 44 in, a, in an 80 minutes, and that's 29 tackles, five misses, 100 meters, a few tackle breaks here and there. So, yeah, but then, yeah, oh, the 2020 first game, but 23 in an 80-minute effort. There's just not enough games there where he's done really well, 32 in 80-minute efforts. So even as the minutes go up, his PPM drops just a little bit. So he'd be a little bit of a scary pickup for me on an edge position um, when you could go for someone like Capewell who's a slightly better player um, but has a little bit more flash in terms of being able to score more tries and, and gets a little bit busier than what Liam Martin does okay we move to Wade Graham he's yeah it's a worry for me I really love him as a player but he's definitely close to that um, retirement in terms of that one concussion like very similar to where Boydie Cordner was I'd say with the amount of time that he missed obviously he missed the majority last year just a great player but just doesn't it never translated to fantasy either so he always scores solidly, but he was never a top. He was never a top gun, which is something we have to to think about. If even if we look back to to twenty twenty, he had a bunch of scores here where he did really well. Yeah, you know, good mid, you know, low to mid thirties tackles. Yeah, you know, hundred kick meters, hundred meters gained. Yeah, you know, scoring between that mid forties um, and fifties there. Twenty nineteen is pretty similar as well, right? But is he going to play eighty minutes? Have a fair few good forwards. You look at his 2021 season. Yes, it was a bit interrupted. Uh, obviously played the first five games. You look at those scores there and a couple of good ones, but then a 31, right? So that dents any of his value and he's priced at 37. You're not making too many uh, too many points there. I could see him be you know, priced at 40 by the end of the year, but you know, I mean, he's got 38, 55, 43, 42. Like it's solid, but you might be making five points of value and there's a chance that he misses a bunch of games. There's so many things to think about with Graham, but... Look, you're not going to... In terms of his out, output, if he's if he's getting 70-plus minutes, I think he's going to score well enough to be decent for your side. But there's a good chance that he, if he gets concussed in one game, which is what happens in, our, in, our, in, in NRL pretty regularly, um, you know, obviously a lot of guys can come back and play the rest of the game. But for him, if he gets some kind of hit in the head, I think that it's going to wipe him out for the game at least um, and maybe even a couple of weeks. So I just think he's a scary pick. And at 1.7% of owners, you're not missing out too much there. All right, Tommy Gilbert at 458. So he's going to be fighting for an edge position. He has a really solid PPM, which is great, right? And a lot of people have him in their side, well, thinking about having him in their side. They haven't obviously pulled the trigger at 1.4% of own, uh, of ownership. 
The price of 37, if you look at his games there, in terms of minutes to, to fantasy points, he's got a PPM of 0.8. Uh, and, you know, we've got some games at prop, which actually weren't as good as some of his games, um, yeah, just off the bench in general. So he's got 37 in 40 minutes there when he came in and played. Uh, but he was coming off injury as well, so just think about that, that if he gets a nice clean preseason, which he has, then he should be able to come in and, and do pretty solidly. It looks like he's fighting for that edge spot. So if we look back to a couple of the games in 2020, at the back end there, he had 72 minutes there on an edge for 57. He had 57 minutes for 30, right? So we're hoping for at least 60 minutes for him. And that would not that would be one of his bad games, right? We got forty five in a fifty six minute effort and fifty in a fifty three. So if we're if we're picking him up on an edge, we're hoping that he at least plays over sixty minutes, right? And with games we're looking at there, um, he's got forty four in that sixty six minutes off the bench as well. So I definitely think there's some upside for him there around that forty five points. I'd say we'd be looking at forty five to fifty if he plays over sixty minutes. Uh, we get the mid and the edge duel. And, yeah, I suppose it's, it's, you're never in a bad spot picking up a, a hard worker. He's not someone that's going to score you many tries or get you many attacking stats. But if he's making big tackles, like you look at some of these games here, that 45, 48 minutes off the interchange, he's making 32, 37 tackles. And you'd hope that over time he improves his tackling ability um, and his efficiency as he gets a little bit older, um, a little bit more comfortable with his body. Yes, he was you know, coming back from injury, I'll say again last year so be aware of that with someone like Gilbert he's definitely someone on my radar and I'd like to see what happens in the trials um, if he does get that edge spot and then if he gets it in round one we can have a further discussion on Tommy but that's my thoughts on him there okay both for more very interesting one with Proctor losing the captaincy does that mean he's going to come off the bench is he going to be playing lower minutes does it leave a space for Bo to come in um, and start in that second row so the question is, is, um, is, does that open up 60 minutes for him? So with 60 minutes, does he, is he able to average mid-40s, for example? We're obviously going to find out how it's going to work. But you know, for him being priced at 36 with a PPM of 0.54, yes, that has some games in the, in the center, so we can probably steer clear of that. But a 60-minute uh, average, sorry, 60 minutes average, does that get him up to 45? He'd need a, point, a, a PPM of close to 0.8. All right, let's have a bit of a look. So... Games at the start of last season in the second row. He has 52 in 80 minutes. That is with a try. So if we exclude that, he obviously has scored a few in his time, but not too many to say that that's going to be happening regularly. 36 in 70 minutes. And that's only with two missed tackles, right? So pretty normal effort, you'd say. 35 in 80 minutes, 21 in 80 minutes. 51 with a try, 51 without. 49, 37, 56. So there's some solid games in there, right? 34 in 80 minutes in there as well. So... Is that enough? I don't think that's enough. I can, see him, I can see him hitting games with 51. I can see him hitting games with 30 and just bringing out an average somewhere between 36 and 40 if he does get that time. And we also don't know if that's going to happen. There's so many different things to think about. If he can get an 80-minute roll, I'd say there's a chance that he's going to be worth it. But if he's off the bench, loses some value, you can probably pick him up at some point. That would be the other, the other thing I'd be thinking of with Bo. Um, that's probably all. Let me know again with all these guys if you have any further thoughts uh, to add to what I have said. Please put them in the comments. That'd be great. Um, and if you're new, hit subscribe and like this video so we can get it out to more people, guys. I really appreciate all the support so far. It's been awesome. Okay, Halem, uh, Halem Lukey from the Cowboys again. So priced at 35 on his you know, average of 32.6. So he's priced up, unfortunately, on that one. Let's go back to my notes. So for him, I'm, I'm seeing him at needing 70 plus minutes to be viable. 
Uh, let's obviously check him out in the trials and see if there's some natural improvement as a young fella. Definitely look good to the eye though in those last bunch of games, but the pricing might we may have been priced out a little bit at 439. So obviously some lower point scores in uh, lower minutes off the interchange, but had a really solid PPM during that time. He's got a point PPM of about 0.86 and owned by 3.8% of teams at the moment. But what we were what we're really looking for is those games in the second row during the back half of the year. 33 in 64 minutes, but only one missed tackle is not very good. 42 in 69, and also 37 in 54 with a try. So that's why I'm seeing him as, as probably, you know, we're taking a gamble on someone who's pretty young and fresh to the NRL, right? We're going to need 70 to 80 minutes out of him, I think, to get scores in that 40 zone, somewhere in the 40s to make him worthwhile. So that's why I feel like we might have been priced out. If he was somewhere around Nainai's uh, price point at 350, you know, being priced around the 30 mark, I could see him as being a little bit more worthy of a spot in your side. But at this stage, I'm probably going to steer clear of uh, Lukey. Even though I liked what I saw from him, being able to score a couple of tries in those last couple of games when the Cowboys were struggling a fair bit. But again, natural improvement will be on the way for him. Um, and we'll see what happens in the trials, that's for sure. Eli Katoa is someone that I'm just worried that he's... Is he going to get a position in the side? For example, he's very volatile in general with his scoring. Came onto the scene in his first year and and dominated as a cash cow and did really well um, in some big minute roles. But yeah, the super high scores, the super low scores in between. Um, and then uh, is he going to get big minutes? I'm not even sure um, if he gets that opportunity. So that's something to think of with him. But you know, even look at the start of last year, and this turns me off straight away. 30 and 62, 38 and 80, uh, 33 and 57, 29 and 70 minutes. So all not really good scores. And then obviously a good game with a try. Good couple of games, but he's going to be streaky like that. You look at some of these games later in the year, not great. Um, whereas 2020 was a lot more consistent. So he definitely has some upside. The price of 34, I can see him averaging somewhere along that. He's good chance he's going to be in the bench. There's just too many uh, variables for Elisa uh, Katoa in that one. All right, Egan Butcher. Very cool one, yeah. Like, if he gets big minutes, it's going to be massive points. You know, if, he gets, if there's an injury to, to Gus or to Satili, then he's going to be awesome. Not priced out of it at this stage, especially if he's going to be on the bench to start us off. But you look at those bench scores and pretty solid PPM, right? He's sitting at a .91. Very solid. And then he gets a couple of opportunities at the end of the year. 56 off the, uh, off the interchange bench with 60 minutes, 63 in a 70-minute effort, and 60 in a 65-minute uh, effort at lock. So wherever he plays in the middle on the edge, is going to be great. You know, 56 tackles in that game against the Rabbitohs. Um, it was obviously an important game against a tough team. So he did really well, held his own, you know, 92 metres and 97 metres in those two games, which was great. All you really need from an edge if they're going to you know, get a couple of tackle breaks and tackle hard. So if he ever gets an opportunity, he'll be um, owned by 30% of teams. Well, he should be anyway, because he's um, got some talent being the younger brother of, of Nat there. So, And that's the other one that has an opportunity as well to get a spot. But he's always in and out of that starting side. Um, and priced a bit too high in the, in the mid-500s. That's why I didn't talk about him at this stage. So that's that. We move on to Raymond for Tyler Mariner. A lot of people still asking me in the comments what we're doing with him. He, Gus Gould came out and said he's on fairly on track to, to get back for round three, so there's no point talking about him too much at the start here. We're not going to put him in our side and leave him there. If he comes back and builds up a couple of bigger minute games, and then we can go, yep, awesome. So you're not going to lose too much value or gain too much value anyway over that first little period. Owned by 5%, that's going to be down to less than one, I'd say, especially when we find out he's um, not going to be playing. So just keep that in mind for Raymond. But a really high ceiling. 
is what we all what we're looking at here. Look at twenty twenties games. He's got games of sixty seven, seventy three, fifty six, sixty five. Obviously with tries, but he has that upside. He runs a really good line, you know. And when he's floors in the low forties, you, you're getting someone priced at thirty two with a floor in the a floor of forty and upside to boot. So he's going to be great when he when he comes back and gets some big minutes. But that's something that we'll we'll, uh, we'll get over time. Uh, so don't think about and worry about him too much at this stage. Okay, Carl Lawton. Still haven't found anything on Lockie Croker, so you know, he obviously played nine last night. He's going to be fine wherever he plays. He's got a nice PPM of 0.71. He has... Does he have some game in the centres? Nah, just hooker in second row. So, yeah, you can see when he... No matter where he plays, he tackles well um, and also, also runs the ball well. Runs a good line, gets a few tackle breaks and stuff. He's obviously going to lose a few there. But if you look at those big minutes in the second row, and if he can get that position off um, someone like Schuster... Then this, you know, if you can get four games, for example, somewhere in the hooking position or the edge, then he's going to be at least ten points undervalued and has that hooking and edge jewel, which a lot of people are going to be looking for at the start of the season. So owned by four point four percent of teams. If he makes that starting side and we can see some uh, longevity in terms of at least three to four rounds, I can see him being picked by many people, and I'd say that's definitely a good idea for Carl. Um, but I'd be avoiding if he's on the bench to start, for sure. Too too expensive for someone, a bench guy who might get 30 minutes. So there you go, guys. That's the edge position for the mid-range. Let me know what you guys thought of that. If there's anyone else you think I've missed, I definitely have gone through majority of the guys, even though uh, some of them I don't think are great options. But just to give you all an idea of uh, all the guys that are available and, and, and the ones you might be wanting to um, just hear something on. And if there's anyone else I've missed, please let me know. I'll um, mention in the comments or I can make them into another video. But I hope you enjoyed that. As always, guys, we'll catch you in the next one. Enjoy the rest of the trials. See you later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.